Um, this is the least prepared I have ever been for Joe Agmark. Uh, and I want to write out the gate, right? I want to tell you that that is fine. Right? Thank you. I, um... I appreciate that. I, 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 the fact that you're even here is, is mind-blowing to me, right? And I meant what I said <laughs> earlier on today when I told you that nobody would judge you at all for wanting to just bin this the fuck off this week, right? <laughs> so... I couldn't possibly... The first episode of year two of Joag? Hey, Jack of All Graves, now in its second year... Now in its second year. It's now in its second, second award-winning year. year. <laughs> the award-winning, groundbreaking, <laughs> fucking flood-bailing Jack of All Grades. Now in its mm. second thrilling year. So much flood-bailing. So much flood-bailing. I have, so it was Friday, I believe. Um, former hurricane turned tropical storm Ida. Uh, came through New Jersey, came for a little visit. Hang on. And <laughs> so you're telling me you didn't get down on Friday? I did not, unless we're talking about emotionally, in which case, yes. Yes, I got down <laughs> on Friday. Felt pretty down <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> it was, honestly, though, if you were watching my Instagram stories, I was actually having a great day up until yeah, this happened. Were, were, I was, you know, making soup. Yep. I was enjoying the sound of rain outside. I was reading <laughs> Before too much longer, you were dreading notes. the sound of rain inside. Yeah, now I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like, fuck rain. <sighs> I never want to see it again. That's not true, rain. I love you. But, um, like I said to I you at the time, time, right? And let's not make too much light of this because fucking hell, people have died, right? Yes, exactly. People have died. But when I'm sat here in Bicester, when I'm sat here in Oxfordshire, and I'm watching on our national news the storm that you endured this right. week, I know that things have gotten biblical for you. Yeah. It was a bad time here in Montclair, New Jersey. And if you are a news watcher, you saw footage from this town uh, because we got it very bad. Just extremely badly here. Um, and... I was amongst those who was hit very hard by this tropical storm. And I went down into my basement, um, and which is my bedroom. It's a finished basement. Um, and so I went down there after I had been reading on the porch, enjoying the sound of the rain and everything, uh, and was like, uh, there is a lot of water down here. Uh, and so there was probably, when I first went down, maybe like an inch or so of water. And that very quickly became a lot more water um, and ended up being probably somewhere in most of the room, about 18 inches of water. Some places a little higher Fuck. than that were. Yeah. Describe um, so for I me. Was, I mean, put, put me in your shoes. Categorize for me. Try and describe for me that moment when you realized the water was rising quite quickly and an inch was becoming four, was becoming six. Right. Yeah. It was, I mean... It's hard to explain even, for one, because, uh, like I've said before, as a person with anxiety, I actually tend to handle stressful situations yeah. very well. One of the, if I were um, to describe you, I mean, I, I have described you before as eminently capable. You're such a capable person. You know, I, I appreciate it's that. It's true. And whether that's misguided or not, that's absolutely the impression you give out. You give out the impression of somebody who has it on lock, mate. 
yeah, I like to think that I'm pretty capable. And so I kind of sprang into action and at first was kind of figuring out like, okay, like what do I do mm. with this water? I started, you know, my husband's out of town. My sister had just left. It's just me basically. When's he back um, by the way? How long have you got? Uh, well, he'll be back for a few hours, uh, Tuesday. Okay. And then he's gone for another three weeks. Okay. So, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, fuck. Yeah. So it's just me on my own trying to figure this out. And I, at first was like, okay, well, there's this like inch of water. I've got to figure out how to get this out of here. But then I realized like, no, this is rising. So I grabbed a bucket, started, you know, taking, we have like a big utility sink down there because of the laundry room down there. Yeah. So I was kind of taking this bucket and just pouring the water into this uh and it was just coming and coming and coming and before long i'm like this is not one inch now it's up to my shins now it's up to my uh. knees <laughs> this is happening uh and so i'm kind of trying to text my husband he's like we have a couple of pumps here and so i go and i find a pump uh and he's like you got to hook it up to like a hose so i run outside in this storm that is like whipping at me super fast winds hard rain all of that kind of stuff i'm going out there i felt straight up like dennis nedry in jurassic park just yeah, like yeah, running yeah, out yeah, into yeah, the yeah, rain yeah. trying to like slipping on things trying yeah. to get this trying to get the hose undone i'm like dropping your can of barbasol too... i want to say is that right <laughs> yes barbasol yeah and i was like the hose is on too tight i can't get it off so then i'm running in the house just leaving like puddles behind me grabbing a wrench i get the you know the hose off of the thing get it all you know connected and it's this hose has like some sort of little washer in it so it only lets like a little stream of water out of it but i'm like Fuck. it's fine at least it's something so the pump is down it's pushing as much water as it can outside i am there with a five gallon home depot bucket just bailing by hand as fast as i can trying to get this out as it rises and rises and rises and how Ooh, high is this by now these... at this point I mean, it got, it, like I said, it got up to about 18 inches um, in most of the room. I had to, we had stuff like boxes of books that we had, we hadn't built shelves for yet. So and if anyone, if anyone and doesn't know, and I, I'm, I, oh, I'm, right. I'm sure I'm not speaking out of turn you, but you're short, mate. So that's sure. like up to your shoulders, isn't it? 18 inches, that's like. <laughs> How dare you. Kind of... um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking, yeah, like it's up to my knees past my knees by the time like and depending on what part of the room you're in and everything um there's boxes of books i'm trying to pick up get off the floor yeah. i'm trying to get i got i electrocuted myself because oh, i could hear Christ. a power strip fizzling underwater and i was like well i can't just leave that there um and well, so that that is precisely to... how people die in floods that is exactly know, the sort is. of thing yeah. that leads to the death <laughs> exactly. of people it is. Yes, it 100% is. But also I was standing in the water. So I was like, this can, if this shorts out or something like that, it's going to electrocute me in the water yep. here. So I was like, I have oh, to get man. this turned off. I didn't know this bit. You, you've not told me this bit before. <laughs> Oops. So this happened. Mm. Um, yeah. Also, I mentioned this to the neighbor and my mom had walked up behind me and she was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, so that happened. Uh, so I got a little bit of a shock, but I, our breaker isn't labeled. So I couldn't turn off all the power at once yeah, yeah, to the yeah. basement and so i was just trying to turn off power strips and stuff and like hope that it was you know gonna be okay um so yeah i got a little bit of electrocuted there um but got pretty much everything that was like extremely important off the floor yeah. like what if kia's laptops got ruined um 
you know, and just like a bunch of random stuff like my dresser, our bed, uh, like all kinds of stuff like that are completely destroyed. Um, were the books that you lost worth but, much? Because as an academic, books cost a fuckload, don't they? <laughs> I actually, I got the books up real quick. Okay. This is like nerd vibe right mm. here. It was like yep. the second I noticed there was water, I was like, the books! <laughs> and I went and grabbed them and, and picked them up and, and rescued them from the water immediately. Uh, <laughs> I would like a gift, please, of that. <laughs> the books! <laughs> the books! Oh, God, the books! <laughs> Um, but yeah, honestly, like, so we're calling all over town trying to get any kind of help to like someone, please, an emergency come here with a bigger pump than my tiny mm. little thing to get this out. And it was, you couldn't get a hold of anyone. We finally got the fire department and they were like, is it still raining at this by, point? By this t- is it still still raining? It rained till like 3 a.m. Yeah. Um, and the fire department came probably like two ish and they looked and they were like, honestly, you're lucky. We have a lot of people that were seeing that like their floor to ceiling um, completely flooded out, which was the case with our neighbor across the street, Maurice, who also lives in his basement, completely floor to ceiling flooded. Uh. Um, The neighbors on one side of me, they had gotten like a couple inches, not too bad. The other side had about the same as us. Um, but yeah, if you've seen like look up on Twitter or anywhere like Montclair, New Jersey flood, and you will see our town was just well, yeah, absolutely uh, inundated. The BBC was full of, you know, film of cars just fucking yep, floating. floating away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Subways yep. pouring with water. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was just straight up apocalyptic. And you know, I was talking to my neighbor next door and just thinking about like preparedness for stuff like this. Like, what do we do now? Mm. You know, like what is the next step from this? Do we need to be prepared for this? Cause this is what they used to say was a hundred year storm. Right. But Sandy, the last time that this happened was like a decade ago. Like it wasn't that long ago. I'm certain so I might be misremembering, but I'm, I'm, I'm certain I'm certain some newscast said that in New York it had beaten the previous record for rainfall in a particular day, which had been set like a few months previously. It was like a week ago. There you or go. There you like go. There you it go. was yeah, very yeah, yeah. recent. Not maybe not a week, but yeah, it was like within the past like yeah. weeks or months. Yeah, it's just at this point we have to recognize like this is our life now, yeah. <laughs> and make sure that our houses are ready to withstand that so you know and i had i told you earlier i had told my husband i was like i think we need to do something about the floor in the basement because if water gets here it's going to be an absolute disaster and then this happened i'm like yeah we have to be prepared Mm -hmm. for a world in which this is a regular occurrence and hopefully flood proof the place but also it's going to happen but realistically how you know that that term flood proof mm-hmm. is is that just a pipe dream i mean if 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 well there are things you can do right um ideally you're you set it up like outside of the house so that water flows away uh-huh. from the house uh, which has been done here but not in years so uh, especially because we had a tree removed so that, and if that tree had been here, it would probably be on somebody's house yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh we had God. a tree removed a few months ago and that affected the slope of the ground outside of our home. And thus we have more of a slope that's going towards the house than we did See, before. The more you speak of this, 
you could have had a tree on you. You could have been electrocuted. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. very much it's in super harm's dangerous. way. Yeah, yeah, very, very much yeah. in in. It, 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 it's it's very Final Destination in my head. What what you've <laughs> just been through and death was fucking waiting for you around any corner, mate. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I was very acutely aware of that the whole time. That everything that I was doing. You know, it was one wrong move yes. away from something terrible happening. You know, like even like if I slipped and hit my head, there was more than enough water to drown me Ooh. in there. You know, like everything was a hazard. And I think one of the things that really became real to me through this was recognizing that there is no help. Yeah. You know, that we are now, it's been three days or whatever since this happened. I, and listen, not and... only was there no help, didn't some guy actively try to fucking scam you yeah someone tried to scam us like some dude came to the house like and was like oh it's gonna cost you know fifteen hundred dollars to pump this and then we're gonna do all this stuff and my spidey sense was tingling i was like get the fuck out of here what no way. sort of piece of i pumped shit? that entire thing for free bro that <laughs> on my own i bailed that out with buckets i set a pump up and i emptied that entire thing on my own what so kind fuck that of... guy fuckhead thinks hey right make a couple of fucking dollars here yeah these but, guys. And that's like, you see it in every like movie right and yeah, you yeah, always yeah. want to think in real life people aren't like that yeah. you know that like in a crisis we will band together and we will all do the right thing there's a quote but uh, we don't there's a quote that always does the rounds on social media after disaster my my dad said to me, just look for the people who are helping. <laughs> well, well, it's a Mr. Fucking... Rogers quote. Right, look for go. the helpers. Right. Yeah. They weren't around yeah. though, were they? <laughs> right. You know, like, and, and they tried. The fire department was very nice. They did oh, what they could. They put us on a list, you know, but there were 120 households on their list. Uh, so when they finally got to me mm. again, you know, after they had initially checked it out. You and then figured they came it. Yeah, you've done it. I had I'd done it myself mm. at that point. You See, know? you're capable. So... You are eminently, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you, it, you it can does, handle shit. You know, I, it is validating in that sense to be like, okay, I know how to handle my shit. And mm. that's what I've been doing, like, just bagging up clothing and you know, to take to the laundromat because the, the washer is not working properly. And, like, you know, turning on every fan and dehumidifier in, in the place and just doing everything I can to keep chugging, chugging away at it. But it really is like, you know, you think about when these kinds of disasters happen and I'm lucky in that, like, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yep. And I had some things in the house already that I could use to help me yep. uh, with this. I had buckets, I had a pump, even if it was tiny, things like that. But how out of luck people often are when this happens you know and it just destroys their livelihoods or people die you know it's 20 something people now is like the count of people who died Mm. in this and like it's so easy for things to go horribly wrong so in all of this you know i've tried to keep a pretty positive attitude which i don't think is a thing people have to do i'm not trying to be one of those like you know oh just like you know lean in and be positive and power of positive thinking or whatever it's just my way of dealing with things is that i'm like is it going to help me to (laughs) uh panic stress whatever yeah i'll have myself a good five minute cry and then go to work but it could have been a lot worse than this well look the longer jack of all graves stays around we've 
seen we've charted the 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 ebb and flow of the pandemic and we will continue to do that i guess it looks like we've also got a front seat for our plunge into climate fucking mayhem yep stay tuned yeah, folks it's only going to get it's worse. a really <laughs> it's a really wet seat hmm. as it turns out it's like when someone gets off splash mountain in front of you and you watch them step on the seat and you're like no yeah, they're all wet seats by the time i finish with them <laughs> gross let me quote directly from my notes if i may yes please do fucking look at these nerds oh mise-en-scene Anyone has ever said me well said in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's you cold know. outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Okay, so it. yes, fucking welcome folks to Jack of All Graves, the award-winning, genre-defining, fucking life-changing, Horror culture podcast. Oh, look at me like that. It is award-winning and it is genre-defining. Now in its second fucking world-conquering year. Uh, through disease, through floods, through hell and high water, we keep this fucking going. This is very going. close to being a Midsummer Night's Dream right here. Oh, do you know what? Throw flood. Over, over hill, over dale. I'll tell you this. Throw flood, throw fire. I like a lot of Shakespeare, but uh, a Midsummer Night's Dream? Fucking hate it. What? Yes, I do. It is one of my least favorite uh, of his numbers, and I think one of his no. most overrated. The fairy vibe does nothing for me at all. I love it. I, I had a dog I named Oberon. It's fine. I love it. I was bottom once in it. I love a Midsummer Night's Dream. Again, not to take anything away from fans. Uh, millions I mean, of people that, can't yeah, be wrong. It's totally fine. Do you generally like comedies no. or tragedies i like shakespeare when he's violent i like shakespeare when it, it, the, i am the exact opposite the stage no is littered with corpses at the end ones. that's what i want to see everybody <laughs> is fucking dead as fuck at the end <laughs> i hate that i get like literally cannot think of anything other than like obviously romeo and juliet because that's just like basic yeah like other than that i don't like any of the yeah. the serious shakespeare you must be very shocked to hear that i'm a fan of the violent ones <laughs> yeah what that's crazy i can't imagine uh but yes we're here we're back it's happening year two joey yes indeed uh and hey they might not agree but i'm calling it this week saw the birth of the very first jack of all graves baby oh absolutely that's true yes many congratulations to the benfield family yep sincere sincere have... heartfelt yes. congratulations uh, to John and family for the birth of I'm... your son. <laughs> I love that he stopped by our watch. I know fucking hell. To say, hey, sorry, I can't be here. I'm having a baby. <laughs> like... Talk about it. Yeah. My... <laughs> In fact, that's literally what he said. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm probably not going to stick around for the film. My wife's having contractions. Uh, all right. <laughs> oh, okay. Yep. Here's your whole Fair pass, enough. sir. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're, you're dismissed. Yeah. That's fine. So, congratulations. Welcome, baby Joag, yep. to the world. Um, Jack as a middle name, maybe, if you could swing that. Mm. That or feels like the along. least you could do. With a hyphen. <laughs> it feels like. I mean, if you're going to miss the watch along, you should really at yeah. least name. That's the very, very least that we expect. Least you can do, sir. Yep. Um, uh, so, have a chat with the lovely wife and, uh, yeah. you know. 
or we expect to just cure. pop on down to the registration office yourself just you know do it sneak sometimes in there. you got to take things in your own hands yeah um, but no, congratulations, buddy. We're made up for you. We absolutely are. Yes. Um, uh, and this came up during another amazing watch along. Uh, yes, amazing company. If the film wasn't so hot. Uh, I don't mind this movie as much. Like, you, like, out that you, you pulled an Alan on this. Sorry, Alan. But, like, oh, 15 into this movie, you were like, oh, I'd written it off. Nah. Yeah. I'm out. I'm done. I don't. I don't want anything to do with this. When he and I would <laughs> uh, hit a blockbuster on a weekend, right? We'd it was part of our weekends for a while. We'd go to blockbuster on a Friday. Very many times, we would just fast forward through movies just to fucking watch the gory bits. You know what I mean? We would skip, uh, skip through the tape until it looked as though it was getting a saucy or b gory. Otherwise, we just eh, flick through. Yeah, uh, and it became it that's given me an eye for when a movie isn't really going to deliver. Um, and <laughs> at around about the kind of nine ten minute mark, I'd, I'd yeah, you were you were out. Yeah, on the movie, I think it's fine. Like it's not like a great movie, but I think it it's fine. You know, it's a middling horror movie that gets like very silly, fun, stupid, monstery towards the end i think it's suffered for us having seen some really good boat call recently in ghost ships it's true you know really good point yeah it It doesn't have that like it doesn't keep moving like ghost ship does it's not a great vampire film it's not a great bit of boat call it's not a particularly good war film it's just (laughs) lots of shit it's a mishmash of a lot of things smushed together into one shit hole But this is also exactly why it makes for a good watch. Exactly. Movie, though, because nobody is like, exactly. whoa, I really need to like be focusing on the content yeah, of the movie. Can Instead, you stop? I need to really focus on Blood Vessel. Um, yes. Um, and we had some new folks in the chat, yeah, like Rialda and Kevin and Clint. Um, you know, I'm sorry if I've forgotten other people who were who were in there. There was a lot of folks in there, but uh, n- new and old friends yeah. who have joined us. And it was just, I mean, I definitely had a few cry laugh moments, one of which I put uh, on I, I the saw. Instagram. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, the fellowship when, of the blood uh, vessel. I had, yes, I told Mark to calm his tits. Uh, he which is a pretty common phrase. Yeah, I mean, um, Laura hadn't heard it before, but I feel like it's a fairly common phrase. But Mark responded that his tits were in a constant state of agitation. And you can see the rest of what happened with that conversation on the Instagram because it. I genuinely, from Kevin's first response, was already cry laughing. Mm. And then your response made me laugh even harder. Good. So it was just a really good time. And again, something I needed because it was like a my break middle of the day from, you know trying to get shit sorted in my basement so you do not miss you your commitments so to you, whatever that. might come no. your way <laughs> no absolutely not you know Inspiring. so i and i really i didn't i thought that i was like so drained and everything that i wasn't even going to be able to participate mm. um but everyone just like gives me life and i was there and i was alert and i was having a really good time with everybody so thank you all once again for just being amazing and people i look forward to talking to and being uh, engaged with um, and we will set up book club soon now that that is done so that we can all get together and talk about a head full of ghosts yes indeed uh, and on that note a couple of teases for some episodes we've got coming up right in the next mm. couple of weeks we have so many good ooh, ones coming uh, in the next couple of weeks we are going to be hosting the very first 
the absolute inaugural uh, Joag Ask a Boffin episode, right? You may or may not know that we've got our own fucking pet boffin, right? We've got our own <laughs> pet fucking science department. We've got our own uh, team of scientists. Yes. Or is it just, it is just one, isn't it? Um, it is just one. But sometimes she consults her team yeah, from work. Which so. I love. That like that is my favorite thing in the world. The idea that after listening to an episode of Choak, she went and like asked them what they thought about like, could you get DNA from a foot that'd been in the water since nineteen eighty five? Like, and we get a, clo- a close to an authoritative answer on some of the stupid shit that we talk about. So yes, the upshot of this is, uh, we'd love to hear your Joag kind of uh, flavored science questions. Do you have? Mm-hmm. Any questions about, for example, decomposition? Do you have any questions about, you know, how long somebody can survive in ice? I'm thinking off the top of my head. You know, uh, what's the longest you can fucking keep a pig alive for just as a head? I don't know. I'm thinking out loud. I'd quite like to know that. Um, Clearly. (laughs) Nothing is too stupid or weird. Ask a question for our boffin and we will uh, give that to her to explain to us. um, Yeah. Because... Often, after we have a conversation, she jumps in with added insights and things like that that are always amazing. Um, and yeah, so, in maybe share that with you. in two weeks, maybe two weeks, three weeks time, we're going to get our boffin on, and some of the best questions we will uh, have her answer live on air in our Joag Ask a Boffin episode. So get your thinking caps on, or your thinking shrouds, should that be, and whatever uh, science-related fucked-up questions you've got, throw them our way. And you may well find that they get answered live on a upcoming episode of Jack of All Graves. By the way, we told her that we're going to have her on. We didn't tell her what she's doing. So I'm excited for yeah. her to be like, what did I just sign up for when she listens to this? Um, and it's going to be very fun. <laughs> uh, coming up in this thrilling episode, we have an interview. Uh, we have some guests joining us shortly. Uh, Tara and David Court are podcasting friends uh, from Killing and other uh, podcasts around the, the, the online fucking the realm. Yes. Who are going to be talking to us about their experiences of Fright Fest, which is a uh, quite a high profile UK horror film festival, which was last week. They both attended and they're going to be joining us very shortly to talk about what they saw and how the festival went in the post pandemic world. But what did we watch this week, independently of all of that guff Corrigan? That's a very good question. Um, I know that we both happened to watch a movie, the name of which is escaping me. To the letterboxed. Uh, what's it? You what's the movie? You watched it, and then I said I was going to watch it. Uh, Superhost. Superhost. Yeah, that's the one. We both watched Superhost. Oh, you saw it too. Yeah, I watched it yesterday. You know that when I say I'm going to watch something, yeah, you I actually, actually do. watch it. I always rack with surprise. <laughs> did you enjoy it as much as I did? Because I enjoyed the shit out of it. I did. It was quite fun. Uh, as I told you, it has Osric Chow in it, ah. who is a friend of a friend. And I like him because he's also from Supernatural. There you go. Um, and I'm pretty sure Sarah Canning also has been in Supernatural. But she's one of those people who I think she's just, oh, no, she's from Vampire Diaries. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, they're... I'm going to let you describe this movie because as Clint points out, your descriptions of things are always very <laughs> Cheers, Clint. Um, well, Superhost <laughs> is a uh, very believable, tells the story of a very believable relationship between a couple of very, very online people. Uh, a man and his partner <laughs> who run uh, kind of like a review podcast website for, uh, you know, Airbnb hosts. Um, 
However, it just so happens that they pick the wrong fucking building to stay in, uh, which is run by what transpires to be an absolute fucking nutter. And I think one of the reasons <laughs> why I enjoyed Superhost as much as I did is that Grace Phipps absolutely slays it with her performance. Yes. She is fucking great. Um, yeah. To the point where I am actively going to be looking out for what she does next because she absolutely elevates this film in a really fun, unhinged, unpredictable, uh, edgy performance as a, as, a, as a highly neurotic, highly strung, you know, live wire, 100 miles a second fucking psycho of an Airbnb host. Uh, yeah. What what would have been a really fun kind of it's 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 a it's a snappy film as well. It it comes in at under ninety minutes, which I'm all mm-hmm. about. Um, yes, love that. With a, a really nice cameo from Barbara Crampton as well. It's always great to see her popping mm-hmm. up. Uh, one of my original favorite scream queens, Barbara Crampton. Her take in Reanimator just all timer. Uh, By the way, did you see like I can't even remember what exactly it was. She tweeted about like someone's sound design or something like that and something yesterday and then immediately um reanimator what's his name birthday buddy uh jeffrey combs jeffrey combs responded to it like immediately and like with like the name of the person and all that kind of stuff and i was just like oh i like my head is exploding with how much i love this interaction happening right here that is beautiful Cute horror besties mm. talking about their horror friends. Yeah, that's it's stunning. Really nice. But Superhost, um, it's a Shudder original. And Shudder movies are hit and miss, I find. Yeah, they really are, yeah. Uh, but, you know, when a, when a gem like this pops up, it, it just justifies you carrying on supporting the platform. Superhost is a great yeah, exactly. laugh and it's unreservedly recommended. Yeah, definitely. I think you'll have a good time with it mm. if you... If you give it a look-see. Um, I also had a really good time with Escape Room. Have you seen that? No. Uh, I don't feel as though I have to ask what it's about. <laughs> no, you probably don't. It's exactly what you think. It's about a group of people. Uh. in. I mean, it, it's a group of people brought together to do an escape room that turns out to be something far bigger and more sinister. Have I seen escape than room? Than an actual escape room. I feel as though I might have, or am I con- I think it's like two years old, so you may have seen it. And it's just like, for like a PG-13 horror, it is a very fun time. Cool. Uh, very well acted. It has um, Tyler Labine, or Labine, I don't know how you say it, but from Tucker and Dale versus Evil, who I have loved since I was a small child and he was on things like Breaker High. Uh-huh just a delightful person um and it's got uh the ginger vampire from true blood the one who played jessica on true blood um and i don't know what her name is but anyways you just piqued my interest you just you that was a watch because there you go god damn (laughs) yep and she's like like badass and like fit and muscly and does like hello feats of strength was she not also in daredevil Yes, yes, from go. Daredevil. Yes, okay. Yes, that's the one. I think Deborah Wall maybe might be her name. Okay. Um, and that's just a name that's popping into my head off, and so it could be completely wrong. But I think that might be her name. Um, but yeah, it's like a, for a PG thirteen horror, uh, it's not pulling punches in the way that you might think it would, and it's a fun story, very well acted, very good tension, um, with crazy escape room kinds of like kills and situations just cranked to 11 Uh 
Um, so it's just a good time. I think, you know, when you're sitting there and you kind of want to, like, there's movies that you watch when you want, you need to turn your brain off. Yes. And, like, just enjoy something. Yep. You don't want to think super hard. You don't want to, like, you just need something that is going to entertain you and that's it. And, and you don't need to worry if you're watching it in the way the director insisted. <laughs> yeah. Right. I am not concerned that the director's telling me I need to go see that in a theater. Uh, They're just fine with me uh, sitting in my flooded basement. I'm not letting Patty Jenkins I, down, am I? You know. oh. Yeah. You're doing it wrong, Patty. Right. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> so yeah, Escape Room was very fun. Um and I also saw Candyman this this week. Oh uh, wonderful. Did go to the theater is it is it and Candyman. Is it all it could have been? Does it does it deliver? It's it delivers. I think it's not all it could have been. Here's the thing about Candyman to me, right? And and my friend Seth on Letterbox wrote a good review that goes into a lot of reasons of like what doesn't exactly work about this while it's still a really good film. Uh-huh. But even the original Candyman is a little confused in its messaging. Sure. Right? Like th- this Candyman killing black people doesn't make sense given the story behind like okay. how okay. he ended up this way like you know like there's a little bit of confusion in terms of like what it's trying to say about gentrification about white saviorism about all this kind of stuff and who the like monster of this is and that same thing happens with this new one it's a little difficult for it to manage to kind of balance the history of the candy man with you know, is he this villainous thing? Is Who is he taking things out on? Why does he target who he targets? In many ways, it's very clear. Mm. Others, not as much. Um, but so it, it suffers a little bit from particularly that I think the movie, not to, I don't want to spoil anything about it, but that Candyman isn't a villain per se in this movie. But there are some problems with trying to see it yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, it, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it's beautiful. Um, it's engaging all the way through. See, beautiful I think it's... gets you a lot of points in my book. I absolutely mm-hmm. love just yes. a, a, a photo frame, an oil painting of a film. I love a pretty and looking visually, film. you haven't seen something like this before, you know, what ah, it does nice. with okay. these sort of paper cut, paper cutouts and things like that, because it's, it's about an artist and it really leans into that. Um, so, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful film mm. on pretty much every level that does a lot with the visuals and mirror images nice, and nice, all nice. this kind of stuff in it. That's really great. It's well acted. Um, there's, is it a debut? You know, is it Nida some... Costa's first film or is she... Is there other stuff I think she did seen? one before this. I'm not positive, but I think people always say director of something else. Okay. Nita Costa. So I'm <laughs> not entirely sure. Um, but she does a great job with it. And I definitely, I think you you have to see it. Like it's, uh, it's yeah, good yeah, and course, you will enjoy it. You'll see its flaws, but I think it's bigger than its flaws. It's better than its flaws. And it ultimately is like, it's a tragedy. You know, mm. this... This is not simply a horror movie, but this is like deeply tragic um, as a story. And it really hits very hard in that way. Like you said, it, it, you know, it isn't one that I can just let pass by. So I'll, I'll... Yeah, absolutely not. Be sure to see it. And <laughs> speaking of which, uh, 
I'm reasonably sure we're going to come away from the discussion that we're about to have with an absolute fucking armful of recommendations of movies to watch yes. out for over the next couple of weeks as we are joined by uh, Tara and David. Oh, and in fact, I think that's them now. Uh, so we are very, very lucky and privileged, in fact, to be joined by uh, Tara and David Court. Thank you very much indeed, both of you, for agreeing to give us your time this afternoon uh, and uh, and agreeing to share a little bit of time with us and the rest of the JOAG listeners. Um, uh, you may well have heard uh, Tara's voice on the Killing podcast, uh, which uh, you know we, we're we're big fans of at this side of the uh, of this neck of the woods. Tara, would you do us a little favor and just introduce the Killing a little bit? Talk to us about what you cover on there. Uh, just give us a little bit of an introduction as to what you guys do over there. Yeah. Um, so hi, um, I'm Tara, and Killing came from uh, like I think most podcasts have come from lockdown mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. last last summer. I I was having counselling for something and I would put up on Twitter every day. Um, I made a Spotify playlist and it's like add songs to this to cheer me up. And one of my followers did John. And then he went back, he followed me on Spotify and looked back through all my old songs and like David and me do um, horror radio, uh, Halloween radio show as well. Awesome. And so he was looking through all of those and he was like I didn't realize how into horror you were and he said I always quite fancied having a horror podcast but I didn't have the time I didn't know anyone would do it and I said oh I'll have a go because he's got like <laughs> other podcasts he does smash pod and he does like that's a bond one and he does um the what a uh, uh, Tuesday night movie club and stuff so uh-huh. I was like okay and uh, yeah and that's what happened so under the smash banner under the yeah. smash banner um and so what we do is we pick horror films to watch and then we talk about them, which doesn't sound exciting. Way better in practice than yeah, that actually it, that's it. And, and, But the thing is, like, then we ask for um, recommendations and people send stuff in and it's like, some of them are just not quite right. We know, mm. like, so like 80 slashes are a shoe-in. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Weird stuff like the Greasy Strangler or Climax, with, or, or climax by uh, yeah. Noe. Well, I'd love you to do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Freezing. I meant the, the Gaston Noe film. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Isn't it? Straight out the gate. Um, you're a you're a colossal fan of Greasy Strangler, aren't you, Tara? Oh yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It's just yeah. like I started watching it. He was away. Um, I think you're up in Manchester at Paul's, and um, we had it. And I stuck put it on, and after about fifteen minutes, I was like, "What the fuck is this? This is, yeah, this yeah, is really yeah. fucking annoying." Yeah. If it get if it, if it doesn't get any better, I'm switching it off, and I'm so glad I stayed with it. I'm so because yeah. it's just it's ridiculous. It's just yeah, yeah, good yeah. To know because I I recently came upon this film because um, Elijah Wood mentioned it on Hot Ones. Yeah. Uh, I guess he was like a producer on it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. And so I looked it up, and I was like reading people's letterboxed reviews of it and everything and I was like oh I don't know but now you've got me a little more intrigued saying it's, um, stick it's it out a, it's a Marmite film so you yep. love it, or yep, you'll yep, yep, it. Yep, yep. it's very quirky <laughs> it very very quirky because I thought he'd hate it and he didn't mm. I suggested it to John for but, again, but again I hated the first 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> right mm. the bit where it just goes and you're like ah right okay. yeah I'm with it now yeah um, but yeah, I thought I thought John would hate it on Killing as well, but no, we like he quotes that at me all the time. Like it was super quotable. It yeah. was one of those movies that 
I absolutely loved at the time, yet knowing there is no way I'm ever going to go back to this. I'm never watching this again. <laughs> Fucking hell. But, you know, you know, you're in the presence of something quite, quite challenging. Let's go with that. We're, um, we're, I'm such a big fan of it. We've got friends who live in Cheltenham and for my birthday mm. this year, they, uh, my friend Tom got like an outline of Oinker from the Greasy Strangler and got his four-year-old oh daughter, four daughter to colour it in. It's a birthday card. That's a birthday card. And she was like, I don't like that scary man, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's how, that's how obsessed. You are kind of sponsored by the Greasy yeah. Strangler most now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> David, talk to us a little bit about what you've got going on, buddy. I gather that you've got a book out, is that correct? I have indeed. I, 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 uh, briefly, I briefly appeared on the Killing as a fill-in host for... for the fill-in. I've, I've, I've got a cat down here who wants to go into my lap. I oh. briefly filled in on the Killing for two episodes as Tara's partner, David Furnish. Mm. I think that that's my podcast days over and done with other than this one <laughs> I, do have, I, I do have a book out I'm a horror and science fiction writer I've been doing it for about eight years write comics and graphic novels and I had uh, my last my last collection of short stories came out earlier this year and it's doing all right Yo, what's it called what's it, this collection? It, I, I just happen to have a copy here Ooh, let wonderful see. it's called contents man settle it's a collection mm -hmm. of 20 short stories Pretty much my last about three years of output. Uh, so lockdown, I wrote a lot of stuff. And so just pumped mm. it all together into one collection. So it's there's horror in there. There's science fiction in there. There's my brief sojourn into erotic horror for, a, for an anthology series that never happened in the end. Someone else is going to publish it. It feels a little out of place in there. But it's, <laughs> it's a lot of people's favourite one. A lot of people have said it's their favourite one, which is weird. But it's not. A, I don't think I'm ever going to write any more. <laughs> but you have to try, right? Like you have to throw it out there, one good one, and you're done with it. Yeah, um, exactly. I've got I've got that out my system now. Is was uh, your lockdown Sorry, was your lockdown productive all the way through, or was it like early lockdown that you? Did it was it? early lockdown, and then later <laughs> I just lost any creative drive whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I just I needed really... to hear that that wasn't just me, right? Like, yeah. like yeah, in lockdown I did this. I'm like, yeah, the first couple months of lockdown, totally, and then. But at the start, it was novel, no pun intended. But then just got increasingly more visible as time went on. But that time was just replaced by editing and formatting, so it wasn't that bad. Yeah, just like tasks, easy yes. enough. Yeah. Are there? Is there any kind of thematic uh, kind of thread that runs through all the stories, David? Is there any anything in particular that you would say is is at the core of these stories? That there's a common theme between them all, or have you done your best to just kind of vary them as much as possible, or do they all have kind of go on? Uh, it, it, it's it's as eclectic as I could make it. Uh, previous mm. anthologies I've tried to build around a, a theme, but this is literally just uh, the best of the best twenty from the pile. Effectively, nice. there is a, there is no underlying theme, but there's some Easter eggs that sh that connect uh, there's connective tissue to other stories. But that's pretty much about it. In general, do you have like a theme that you tend to write about most when it comes to your stories? Are they pretty I'm varied? I'm a real sucker for twist endings. I really oh, okay. I, I grew up with Tales of the Unexpected in the Twilight Zone, so they yeah, yeah. they've rubbed off very heavily on my work. I think I love less, that. Less so with this one. I've tried to. I don't want to be become old Lem Night Shyamalan and just be known. <laughs> mm. Right. But there are some. There are still some twists in there. But I sneak them in wherever I can. <laughs> I've often thought Tales of the Unexpected is ripe for getting the dust blown off it. I think. I think it would take. You know, uh, a brave producer 
in 2021 to have another crack at Tales of the Unexpected. I think there's a gap for it, at least in kind of terrestrial telly, as opposed to, you know, Black Mirror obviously is filling in that gap. But yeah, I think there's, there's certainly got, room for something and, like that. Uh, and Tales from the Dark Side was the old one. And now we've mm. got Freak Show back again in the series, haven't we? And Jordan yeah. Peele's Twilight Zone as well. well yes, yeah, of course. Straight dramas. There's an absence <laughs> of, of, of those sort of things. Mm. Um, you might even be able to answer this. I, there's a deep, dark TV memory I've got from, from when I was a kid, right? Something that I, I, you know, when you've got these memories of memories of stuff, you know, you've seen and you know that yeah. it scared the shat out of you when you were a kid. And the only skeletal kind of, you know, memories I've got of the plot was a kid and his family. Uh, and in their home, like a working class kind of terrace home. But for some, there, there was some sort of, dome on the outside of it they couldn't open the windows and doors and they were trapped in their own house that's the only memory i've got of this episode of what i'm sure was tales of the unexpected am i ringing any bells there oh that might that, that might have been an episode of thriller there was a, there was a there was an itv thing called thriller that ran in the late 80s was it oh. was, the, was the twist they're all dolls or something i'm trying to remember holy shit it might even have been <laughs> yeah, it really might have been. Oh um, my god! <laughs> I, I vividly remember a piece where maybe one of the children tries to escape, and they get trapped between the outer wall of the house and the inner wall of the shield, and they kind yeah, of yeah, that that really rings a bell. I think I think yeah, the whole twist was they were they were all uh, dolls in a dollhouse. But I can't remember what the episode was called or what it was from. I will, I will look that up. <laughs> I'd love that. If, I really would. I'd love That's that. If, if it's on like YouTube somewhere, it would be mystery. amazing. That's incredible. <sighs> yeah, is this that shone a little bit of light on it? Go on. Tale, tales from what is this called? It was called Tales, tales of the Unexpected. Yeah, Unexpected. Written by all of the initial series were all written by Roald Dahl. Mm-hmm. Oh, but later on he they would introduce them, I believe, story. wouldn't he? Yeah, but later on they ran out of his stories, so kept so but kept it on with other writers. Fascinating. One of, one of the best theme tunes and best openings of a TV I'm, series. I'm well. very tempted to to do a rendition if, if everybody would forgive me there we go tears of the unexpected folks well, well, well there's a bondesk woman uh, highlight uh, highlight by a flame dancing around that's right losing yeah. it that was incredible thank you for that <laughs> It was it was like Sunday night, nineteen eighty-three, all over again. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like I was there. Really I've just got the bath. Bullseye is finished, uh, and time for tales of the unexpected. Thank you for that trip down memory lane. Um, and speaking of trips down memory lane, now that we're all bedded in, now that we all know who we all are, um, I've been really, really keen to get the two of you on to talk about your experiences at Fright Fest this last week. Um, yes. So for those listening who might not have heard, the term Fright Fest is, I, I think it's probably safe to call it Britain's biggest horror film festival, yes? Yes, yes it yeah. is, by a long shot, yes. Um, how long has it been going? How long has Fright Fest been a thing? Is it is it 22 years? Yeah, it started in 2000, yeah, this was the 22nd one. Ah, that is a... <laughs> the idea shit, that something yeah. was like 22 years ago or whatever and started in like 2000, just like mm. my brain just short-circuited. Because yeah. they, they do two a year. They, oh, course, yeah, they, they, do. They, they, do a, they do a bank holiday one and a Halloween one. So, it's the, so it was the 22nd one this year. And yeah. in, in years gone by, they've had some pretty big premieres, haven't they? I mean, Fright Fest, is, I, I think I've, I've not been. And I'm, I'm gagging to go. But am I, am I right in saying that, that they do get some pretty big name yeah, uh, kind George, of first showings there. George Romero premiered Land of the Dead there. Uh, Del awesome. Toro 
was there to present the second ever worldwide screening of Pan's Labyrinth. Wow. we? Yeah, so they've had some they've had some big names over the years. Um, got a climax. Going back to that uh, premiere there as well. Do we have to go back? To that? <laughs> <laughs> what um, what did they do over the pandemic then? Did they just go to streaming over the last year? Or yeah, they streamed it last year because we haven't been. We've been meaning to go forever, and mm. we never got round to it. And it was just. And then of course, we had a particularly. You know, everybody's had a shitty time of it recently. Uh-huh. And I just thought, well, we're not going to go on, you know, we're not going to go anywhere. We're not going to go away. So I just yeah. said, shall we fuck it? Shall we just go? And, mm. and, and weirdly, because uh, every time we've tried to go previously, it's always been sold out. But mm. because a lot of people have been loath to go during the pandemic, there were still sure. tickets available. Mm. Tickets are usually sold out within like an hour of, of them going up. But there were still just a couple left when we went on just because... A lot of the regulars have been have been hesitant to go back to back to it quite yet. Yeah. Wow. So this is something that normally it's like instantly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to get your tits. You go. It's, it's a huge um, ass deal. So what you do is you pay for it's five days. So it started <laughs> wow. on Thursday and finished on Monday, uh, Monday evening, and effectively you just buy a seat in a cinema. So that's your seat for the whole weekend. Oh wow. Oh, wow. Okay. It's really, um, nice. really cool. Yeah. And that's awesome. so. Because we were so late getting the tickets, I was right at the fucking back and I've got a dodgy knee and I'm not very tall. So the steps are really high. So I was like a borrower running up and down. My knee is not better after it. Um, but no, that was fun. Um, and, you know, you get to sit and you get to react with other horror fans and mm. interact with them. And then they have um, the discovery screenings as well which are um, where they show smaller films, but those you have to be right in to get the tickets for those if you're a pass, if you're a pass holder, because they go like that. Like mm. we tried to do it. And <laughs> like, day, day it, it didn't help their online system wasn't working God, particularly well at the time. It was it? Fucking so. dreadful. <laughs> uh, but, but David got um, a ticket for a film that I wanted to see, Pretty Boy, and I couldn't get it. So oh like, man. But then, <laughs> but I'm such a nice husband. I let her have my. <laughs> what a guy! They didn't even check like your name, right? Because like it's it, it's under your name, so it's like it's got this, this the the QR code, and it has your name on the ticket. And I was like that trying to hide the name, and they're just like, "Welcome, David." Yeah, yeah, yeah. come yeah. in. But, but also, the other big secondary advantage of the fact you've got to get you've got the same seat is you're you're sitting with the same people for all the films, mm. so. You, you're making friends with the same group of people, yeah. right? Which is mm. nice. Yeah. Oh, that's so. I mean, unless you're next to assholes, but otherwise, exactly, that sounds yeah. really. That's like really delightful. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, because the audience experience is half of the fun there, isn't it? I think. Which is, Which you is know, I was just we'll, talking. We'll go on yeah. to, yeah. Well, I guess we'll talk more about that. But I was just having a conversation with Mark's brother about how audiences are ruining the movie-going experience now. <laughs> uh, so the idea of a, like what I really love is when you're in an audience and it enhances. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, this is this what you know. I, I mean, the big problem I have with well, we'll, we'll I presume we'll talk about it later how yeah. nightmarish going to the cinema can be now. But the beautiful thing about this, you are with horror fans, and you're with oh, horror sure. fans spent a fair old bit of money to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're yeah. not going to dick about, and they're not. <laughs> gonna, they're not going to talk. You, you will, you will never get a more textbook horror audience than the people who are sitting around you, which is great. But that was that was one of the things I wanted to ask. I mean, how it it all takes place in one screen? Is that right? Is it or is it shared across? 
Well, you do deviate because but while, the, while there are screens going on in the main cinema, you may have booked uh, one of the smaller the films in one of the Discovery screens. So we weren't, we weren't sitting in that screen all the time, just most of the time. Mm. I see. But it was, uh, it was an IMAX as well. So it's my first oh, experience of an Well, like a true IMAX? Yeah, yeah. three-story tall screen, Enormous. yeah. This but, is, you know, 90% of the time when I go to an IMAX movie, it's not true IMAX and it drives me absolutely batty. <laughs> uh, so I'm very jealous of that experience as well. A, a, a lot of directors visibly move during the Q&A because this will be the biggest screen oh. their little, their little oh. low, low medium budget film will ever be shown on. Alex wow. broke my heart because he came on and he watched the film and he was doing a Q&A afterwards. And he was he just, did a he, film called The Sound of Violence. Yeah. Okay. Um, he started talking and he was like, I just need a minute. And he was like properly crying. It was oh, really beautiful. Cool. It must be amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, really. Wow. That's incredible. So I, I wouldn't have even thought of that. Medium. Yeah. Great. Yeah. How would you categorize the kind of the vibe of the place? I mean, in my head, you know, you've, it, it, it feels like quite a, it feels like almost like a religious kind of experience. I mean, like you said, if tickets go, like hotcakes like they do you know I, I i imagine everybody there is absolutely fucking delighted to have made it there is that accurate yeah, yeah. And, and there's a and there's a big community there of course because there are mm. people who will people have been going for, since it started uh 20 odd years ago and this mm. and they are and they, this is the only time these people meet they mm. get together when they meet that they get together and meet at a fright fest twice a year so there's a, a, a huge sense of community there. But a bit, it's a bit daunting going into it, into it as a newbie, and not. But we yeah. did know a couple of people. Yeah, so. um, I because I, I posted in the Fright Fest um, Facebook group saying like we're new, what what the do's and don'ts, and then one of the guys from that like messaged me and said, look, this is we're going to be here at this time. Come and meet us. And he kind of was like showing us. Show, he showed us the ropes, John, mm. didn't he? He was a really good guy. So we sort of had an in already. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, it could, it could be, it, you could say it's a bit cliquey, but there sure. again, mm. these people have known each other for however long. So right. I'm going to be in that clique, bitch, next year. <laughs> Fucking right. A veteran. <laughs> but I mean, you get, the, you get the similar with any festival, don't you? Oh, I mean, there's oh, always yeah. lifers. You get always regulars who turn up and have their own little tents, their own little, you know, their own little groups online before, beforehand. Yeah. So it's, and this is no different. Yeah, this is no different. But that's not to say people were unpleasant because it, what they weren't. I didn't right. see any dickish behaviour, none of it. Everybody was like polite and nice and, you know, it was it was fine it was lovely well that's horror fans for you isn't it i mean yes. you know yeah. hor horror does have a reputation as being a really inclusive really welcoming sound as fuck community so yeah. you know to, to hear that that was exemplified there is is uh really really good to hear yeah it's a microcosm of that really yeah it mm. was great like you know and you can have discussions with people and say well i really enjoyed that and they would say they, they wouldn't be dicks about it like, yeah. well, I thought it was shit. Oh, okay, then why? And you could have a proper constructive right. vision rather than, you're a fucking knob, mate. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And considering yeah. we all, you know, we know each other from the Twitterverse, you know, how, yeah. like, that can so much consume conversations about oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. any form of media, you know? It's so much of this kind of, like, hostility towards, like, anyone thinking differently about something. Contrary that you opinions. Yeah, well, that was somebody, yeah. somebody was saying on the Facebook group of Fright Fest, don't let anyone gatekeep horror for you. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Are, I haven't seen a lot of gatekeeping in horror, I must say. Mm -hmm. Same. But there must be pockets of it for somebody to right. 
So it's like if you say, "Oh, my my favorite is Nightmare on Elm Street." Oh, well, that's shit. It's just derivative slasher shit, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> okay. You're more likely to get going. Yes, me too. Let's exactly. fucking compare tattoos. <laughs> yeah, or, or that. I think that's absolutely true. I love that you brought this up because I I haven't really necessarily conceptualized that in my head, but you're absolutely right. I think the vast majority of the time when I talk to horror fans. They're mm. just excited to meet another one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to be able to recommend yeah. you. Like, if you say you like something, it's not like, ugh. They're like, oh, well, then have you seen this? Yeah, mm. yeah, that was very, very much well what put. it was yeah, like. Very yeah. Well put. yeah, I love that. I've got my own theories on on why that is, at least from a UK point of view, because mm. you know, a horror went through the the video nasty era, and because yes. we were hated, it, but we were we were ostracized, we were demonized. So, yeah. Yes, yeah. we were, and you know, there was that tape trading scene. There was, you know, uh, Darkseid and, and Fangoria and, and chatting through magazines and through small ads. I think the community, at least in Britain, has, has kind of stemmed from it being prohibited for so long. Oh, and yeah. I think, I think, I think that, that started off bringing it together. Um, that's my take anyway. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think I, you're right. I, I yeah. Think you're, yeah. yeah, I think you're bang on. I mean, we've seen, Sen- have you seen Sensor yet? Yeah, I loved yes. it. Yeah, yeah, so good. So we we were really privileged to see that um, it played at the Odeon in town, and pra- uh, Prano Bailey Bond was there in person Lovely. doing Q yeah. and A. And cool. that's what she was talking about, wasn't she? She was saying how very much it was, you know, it's still. I mean, some of my friends still are weirded out that I like horror so much. Yeah. It, it just wasn't a wasn't a thing. And there is still that stigma attached yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like my mum jokes about me because I've got horror tattoos and I was at a horror <laughs> festival and she was like, "Don't go killing anyone. I'm surpr- I'm scared about your tattoos and you're watching your horror films." It's like, <laughs> you were the one that hired Nightmare on Elm Street out, and my brothers made me fucking watch it. So. Yeah, it's your fault. This is, your it all starts fault. with you. Like yeah. all adult problems, it starts with you, mom. Oh no. What? <laughs> Your mum, you don't watch. Horror. Don't watch Rosemary's Baby. That was always when I was when I was, when I was getting into horror films. Don't watch Rosemary's Baby. It scared me for ages. But there you go. I mean, th- that's where that's where they get their power, isn't it? People going, don't watch that. It'll fuck you up. Yeah. That's instead, if you just come to it thinking about it as a craft and looking at all the cool effects and the cool models and the fucking work that's gone into it, then it's something that you could really get into. Uh, kind of looking behind behind the image and seeing all of the work that goes into it. It's when you go, oh, you don't watch that. It is evil, and you will become fucked up. That's you know, that's entirely think, the wrong that, way of going about I think it. The worst, don't watch that for me was people saying, don't watch the Human Centipede, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Idea, the idea is horrible. It is just a mad science. Yeah. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, completely. Quite a good one. Yeah, I definitely one. have not watched it because. I have a weak stomach and there are certain things that set it off. But my okay. mom watched, she watched two of them. <laughs> <laughs> so how bad could it possibly be, right? <laughs> the, the second one's worse. Um, because the second one's just miserable. Yeah, the second one pulls no punches at all. It yeah, is, it's, it's bleak, very, very grim. So bleak. The third one was just fucking bullshit. I just got annoyed that Dita Laser just was shouting the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he had a jar. He had a jar on his desk of um for snacks. Um, circumcised women's clitoris. Hey, delicious. Yeah. <laughs> very Moorish, so <laughs> yeah. Once you this pop, is really, you can't stop. Yeah, this is really interesting for me, though. Obviously, as the American <laughs> in the crew, because like that stigma doesn't exist here. 
yeah so yeah. like not on that level at least like more of the thing here is like people just go like oh horror movies are stupid that's more like the stigma here it's never yeah. been like oh they're evil or bad or contribute to the whatever of society like that's not really the issue here mm-hmm. it's more just people don't respect them like, and so it's I, fascinating to hear this from that perspective over here in the in, in the mid to late 80s and the early 90s horror films were pretty much blamed for every murder going yeah yeah, yeah. i mean the bulger killing that was blamed yep. on the child's play films in which it turned out in the end they'd never even seen any of them so it's, yeah yeah of course um but you guys over there just fucking love horror and how yeah and yeah. I, I'm Ooh. like, I fucking love Halloween. I'm devastated <laughs> we don't have specialist Halloween shops like you have. Yeah, you don't have. I think it's only I a matter of time. I'm yeah, certain any know, year now they'll come. getting bigger here. and bigger. Yeah. 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 That was a fascinating thing for Mark to tell me that like Halloween wasn't like the industry that it is when he Not was growing all. up and that you don't have spirit Halloween, no. uh, nope. which is wild because as soon as a store, like a big enough store closes, you know, that's going to be a spirit Halloween in a couple months. So. I would do some serious fucking damage in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, Halloween's like Christmas too over here. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's my actual favorite day, but I did it growing up because um, my parents are Irish. Mm-hmm. and we came over and like they did it but it was like so it's you know it's a it, it is based on the religious you know the it's the the, the veil between the dead and the living of course like yeah dinner and so they did like proper halloween stuff yeah uh, and my mum passed it on to me so that's yeah. why and people like people always say to me oh well i don't buy into that american crap and it's like well actually it's a uh, Celtic tradition, so shut the fuck up. Right? I mean, come on. And hey, listen, there's a lot of things that are American crap, but Halloween I will go to bat for any day awesome. of the week. It's yeah, the yeah. best. <laughs> um, back to Fright Fest briefly. Was was there much of the way of people in costume? Did you find people Ooh. dressing up? Was there any of that going on? I mean, if you're going to sit um, in a no. cinema seat for days on end, I guess you wouldn't, would you? No, only there's a couple of there's a charity group who go there and do volunteer work in costume, but that's pretty much it. Uh, some of mm-hmm. the uh, some of the cinema staff were wearing costumes, so like you okay. know, they carry and but there was that guy who had that. Um, did you see him? He had that Mexican Day yeah, of the Dead the thing. Mexican yeah. Day of the Dead. That was the only guy we saw in full costume, and he wasn't wearing it the next day. No, but he, he, was, he was he was wearing a mask <laughs> walking around, and I was like, "What are you doing?" I know, I know they, I know they used to have costumers there because I was in a charity costume group a couple of years back. Okay, doing, dread, doing Judge Dread costuming, and we were, hey. we always got invited to do Fright Fest for the people with horror costumes. But there was not really any of that this year. Just some of the staff were dressed up, and that was about it. That's interesting. What was? Yeah, your... it is. Oh, go ahead. Go on, oh, I was just going to say. So, what was what was the highlight? What was uh the best part about it, best movie, best Q&A, whatever. What was the highlight? Yeah, I, I, that, exactly that. I'd like to know what we should be looking out for. I'd like to know what's, yes. what's coming our way that you would absolutely vote for, that you would give the killing yeah, stamp Make sure we to. see it. Uh-huh. See, the killing stamp of approval is different to our stamp of approval. <laughs> <laughs> because the killing stamp of approval, I will, from the top of my head, say Pretty Boy, because it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, and uh, retaliators, but I did actually quite enjoy. And they're the two I they're didn't the get to watch. Oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, Pretty Boy is. Um, have you seen the film Blind? Came out like last year or the year before. Sounds familiar, I I but I don't know if I have. Mm. Right. Okay. So I didn't know. I'd never heard of it. I didn't know no. that. I didn't know Pretty Boy was a sequel to it. 
I mm. see it because because Robert Rusler was in it, and I I'm in love with Robert Rusler. Uh, what would I know him from? Uh, Nightmare Two. He's Jesse's oh. Ron Grady. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Perfect. And also, he was in the remake of Blood Feast, which I still haven't seen. Yeah, and okay. He was also in Vamp, I think. Yeah, he was in Vamp. He's in Vamp, yeah. And okay. wasn't Caroline Williams in that too, in the Blood Feast remake. I don't think I've seen that either. I think so. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, but, who my friend Clint just met this past week. I was very please. jealous. Yeah, wow. picture with. Yeah, delightful. In uh, the Gettysburg Horror Fest or something like that. Because you guys have so much more horror festivals like that. We do. They're everywhere. Fright Fest. There were a couple in the north, and and then that's about it, really. And yet, I still have to come over there to meet Richard Dreyfus. He's not coming to our horror fest, so (laughs) you know you've got that going for you at least. Um, But Pretty Boy was I. It's it put me in mind of the room, Tommy Wiseau's room because interesting. It's. The act, some of the acting is pretty questionable yeah. and some of the dialogue is pretty questionable as well. I could, I could <laughs> see it. I could see it being like a cult classic mm. that just being absolute dog shit. So one for the it's a weird sell, but... It is. I'm I, I, intrigued. You, you I, did, I, I, did, I, did, I, I felt I'd missed out on nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, no. I... I, I, I you know, cards on the table. I was only in it for Robert Rusler, and he right. like he chewed every bit of scenery that he was in. So yeah. I was happy. I was. I came away. What right. is it? Is it a, a slasher? Is it a creature yeah, movie? Slasher. We... Yeah, it's a slasher. Um, so, I love slashers. I mean, they can be pretty bad, and I am on board in general. In, in the um, so at the start of Pretty Boy, they sort of do a recap of Blind, essentially. Right. An actress um, has an accident, loses her sight, and then she loses her career. And she's trying to work it out. She's just bought a house in the Hollywood Hills. And then she gets a stalker. And then he goes around killing people who care about her. And then the last shot of Blind is him walking down the road with her in his arms uh, in a 1970s turquoise tuxedo covered in blood and a mask. Yeah. Okay. And then that's the end of that. And then it just starts again, like with that. And then there's somewhere there's a house having a... um, a Halloween, uh, no, a Valentine's Day party, but for singletons, and so it's got a great poster. I'm looking yeah. at it now. Isn't it just? <laughs> isn't the mask really fucking creepy? Yeah, yeah, it's a great aesthetic all the way through. It's like a awesome. like a bizarro Ken doll. Yes, like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it reminded me of someone. I can't remember who. You have to look now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw the poster a lot this weekend. I'm gonna <laughs> be I'm. I'm, I'm I'm quite um I'm quite forgiving when it comes to shit horror. I yeah. you know if somebody's made a horror film and they've put their time into it and I I I watched it and I wasn't not entertained. Mm-hmm. That's you know. all that really matters at the end of the day. Like was I entertained yeah, right. for 90 minutes? Sweet. Yeah. I feel good about yeah. it. How did the crowd react to it? Did they, did it did well, it was a lot of laughter. There are a lot of people who've gone there to see it because they've watched Blind and Blind was so terrible. Mm-hmm. So I they want to see how much worse it could get. <laughs> it sounds like a good festival film. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's a, yeah, I, but I, I'd like to see it again. Um, what was the other talking, one you mentioned? What was your other highlight? Uh, uh, not necessarily a highlight, um, but the, <laughs> it was fun. No, that was terrible. Um, no, I did enjoy it. It's called The Retaliators, and it's like um, 
It's got um, rock stars in it. So it's got Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach, isn't it? What? Um, Sold. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Lee. Does anybody cut his life into pieces by any chance? I'm using Rossi, though. Tommy Lee's in it playing a strip club DJ. Uh, sure, when, of course. Where he's playing girls, 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 obviously. Naturally. Yeah, who else is in it? Ice, I've only just heard of Ice Nine Kills. Do you know them? I know of them, yes. Yeah, they they know, pop I, up on Shuffle every now and again. Yeah, yeah, they do they do like parody horror movie songs. So one of the mm. lads oh. in it, um, Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah, so yeah, they were yeah, sort yeah. of real pushing the rock side of it. And I was like, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it was really good fun. And um, Brian O'Halloran, Dante from Clerk. Mm-hmm. Isn't it like briefly? But I was, I was there going. I couldn't even do that because he wasn't there. Could he just Dante? But yeah, it's a, it's a. I think the title retaliators. So it's kind of a it's a revenge, it's a revenge thing. thing. Revenge, but it's it was fun. I, I thought it was I thought it was a lot of fun. It's um so some this really cool pasta. Um, he's widowed, he's got two daughters. Um, he loses one of his daughters, and then the cop investigating comes and offers him an opportunity. And that's all I'm going cool. to do. Nicely done. And it's got a yeah. really good like, log line. God love them. They put so much into the merch and stuff for it because they couldn't come over. Like they did like a little Zoom call with one of the guys from Friday mm. showed us before. And they were devastated they couldn't be here. But yeah. got t-shirts, badges, stickers. So much merch. Baseball you're giving away, caps. Yeah. So much. Yeah. Well, it has a great aesthetic. I feel like I would but, wear uh, whatever they gave yeah. me. So um, it, yeah, it's got a warrior's vibe. Everything's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I really, I did really enjoy it. Like, that's because we've we did a review for um, Ginger Nuts of Horror, and I only did my two bits, but I did mm-hmm. say I, I would watch it again. I really enjoyed it. I'm sorry, Ginger Nuts of Horror. <laughs> yeah. It's not mine. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, you, one of the biggest UK horror websites is a place called Ginger Nuts of Horror, which I've written. We've written reviews for everything we saw uh, over the five days. Okay. That's good to know. So proper films-wise and not killing-wise, we saw there were, there were two real highlights. There was uh, a film called Slapface, which is... Uh, an American drama set in, was it Wisconsin? I can't remember. Uh, two lads. Uh, Fishkill. The, the town was called Fishkill. The town was called Fishkill. New York, I think. It was in the wooded outskirts of somewhere. So uh, two kids, uh, no parents, through an earlier tragedy. The older, uh, older brother looking after the younger brother, who's uh, getting increasingly more wayward. Uh-huh. And the younger brother ends up uh, at a dare going into a local uh, abandoned property. There's rumours of a witch that have been haunting this town for about 100 years or so. And he goes in and meets and befriends the witch. Ooh. Wonderful. And that's not a spoiler because that's pretty much just the first 15 minutes of the yeah, film, right. which shows the monster. No, me- this is, There's no metaphor. There it's, it is. Yeah, it's, it's, the it's, it's the monster. <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen A Monster Calls, the Liam Neeson voice thing? Yes, maybe. It's a bit similar to that, but okay. 
the, the two brothers in it are absolutely amazing. Yeah. Even if it didn't have the supernatural element, I would have watched the film. It was just oh just wow, okay, amazing drama. It's... And and I we were heartbroken oh, at the end. Christ. We were in tears. Oh uh, yeah, now that oh, you terrific. say a monster calls, I'm like, oh, that was crushing, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, I remember this, that. It was equally as crushing. It, it was absolutely amazing. One of the best films I've seen in about five years, I think. Oh, wow. I, okay. I, what was this called again? I cry very easily Slap at face. films. Slap face, did you say? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm always, always, always inclined to, you know, I, I, I fall in love with a film when it can get me emotional like that, when it can when it can kind of tweak my heartstrings like that. Yeah. It's not difficult for me to, to for a film to do that to me. I cry at, at the most ridiculous films. But I find that films that can elicit that sort of emotion from me, I, I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll warm to, so I'm definitely going to search that out. Thank you. But there was a there was an introduction from the director at the start. It was quite interesting. He said you could look on the monster as a metaphor for mm. uh, a bullying, bullying or child or child abuse. abuse. He says it's not. It's a monster. You might think there's a message. There is no message. Yeah. <laughs> but what was interesting about Slapface was. Um, we'd seen a documentary called The Brilliant Terror, which is another film that you need to watch. It's a documentary about grassroots horror mate, horror filmmakers. So ultra low budget horror films. Oh, yeah. wow. The fella who directed Slapface is he's mentioned in that. He was in that. He was a talking head yeah, in he it, was wasn't he? So do you remember his name? Was he what's his name? Oh. Something is it something Kip? I'll find out. Is it Je Jeremiah? Jeremiah Kip. Jeremiah yeah. Kip. K-I-P-P. Okay. He's known for doing. He's done a lot of TV work in America and a couple of other films, but mostly known for episodes of of, of TV shows. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely really going nice, to go on. Really the list solid then. Rex. Yeah. Yeah. I feel good about that. Evie. Evie. Yeah. You want to talk about that? So um, there's a British horror director, also soap star Mark. I'm sure you know that Paddy from Emmerdale makes horror films. Hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so he, he, he <laughs> no, he's made um, Before Dawn, which is fantastic. He made Attack of the Adult Babies, which is not so fantastic. Not so fantastic. <laughs> but it's, got, it's got it's got Lawrence R. Harvey from the Human Centipede Two in it, so that's fine. Okay. Um, it's memorable. It's very <laughs> and he, they made a film called Bait, but this new film they've made, um, he's made it in conjunction with a director called Jamie Lundy. It's called Evie, and it's okay. about, it's um it's based on the the myth of the, the selkie myth of the what the selkie it's uh it, 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 it's like the mermaid myth the selkie is a uh a, a female who swims in the sea and the and the legend goes if you if you they they, they dress themselves as seals but when they okay. come along they take their seal costume off but if a man can find their seal costume and hide it then the selkie will be his bride until she can find us her uh, costume to go back into the sea again. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't pretty much nothing to do with Yeah, I know. So, and, and does it, you know, does it not fuck about? Do you see the creature? Do you, is, it, is it a creature it, feature? Because it, it sounds it, like it is frightening. This one is a bit more, this one is a bit more It's metaphor. a bit more nuanced, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. It, it's okay. more of a kitchen sink drama about a, again, another troubled family, but this is, a, mm. a girl finds a... She finds a, like a talisman with a, like a rune symbol on it washed up on, the, on an English coastline. Yeah. And she starts to become increasingly more withdrawn and starts bullying fellow kids at school and starts being mm. abusive to her mother. And then there's some sort of family tragedy. It's all family tragedy ones, this, isn't it? And yeah. one more time on the title of this one, Evie? Evie, E-V-I-E. -E. Yeah. Check in Jamie Lundy's 
Twitter, his top tweet right now is a retweet from Jinja Natsuhara. So that'd be my, that'd be my, that'd be my <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. Right yeah, we, both, we gave both that and Slapface nine out of ten from yeah. the from, from the weekend. Superb. Awesome. Yeah, and no, we'll make sure sense. to link to all of this on our blog, by the mm. way. So if you've been listening to all of this and you're like, what are all these movies? And you're trying to write it down and all that, rest assured, jackofallgraves.com. I will have all of these for you, as well as these yes, websites I'll, that they've been I'll writing all these reviews for. Um, there, there are a couple of um, foreign films, too. So there was um, Dawn Breaks Behind the Eyes, which was... Oh, that's a good title. It yeah. is a great title. You Sounds giallo. You can't, it's very, it's quite Mario Barber, Jallo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, with, and we can say nothing about it. it. It's no. one of these films, but don't even read, don't even don't, watch the trailer. No, don't. Watch it, but don't learn, don't know anything about it. It's, oh, it's no, yeah. talking. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, just don't pay any attention to any of it. Don't read reviews, don't see trailers, just watch it. Because I, I for, for most of the films for Fright Fest, I didn't read anything about them. Right. That's the best I'm way. Quite lazy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like you're already there, you know you're gonna watch them. Why bother reading yeah. about them first? But no, Dawn Breaks Behind the Eyes was just like, holy fuck! Mm. It's um, have you seen a Berberian Sound Studio? Yes. Yeah, it's quite like that. Yes, quite. Similar. Yeah, oh, they're, saying they're nothing else. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then there was um, Sweetie, you won't believe it, which is a Kazakhstan horror film. Oh, interesting. I have yeah. definitely never Kazakhstan seen a horror film. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun it's just it's, it's a horror comedy it's a lot of fun okay there's, there's kind of greasy strangler vibes in it a little bit okay um it's, it's just slapstick yeah, horror slapstick isn't it really? horror really good fun though oh, there's so much there to be going on with we'll um, send you the, we'll send you the article yes yeah, yeah, please yeah. absolutely love to um let me ask you a question right as, as a means of cory loves it when i call out a segue ahead of time right because here one comes oh. it's a big fucking fat segue <laughs> All of the films that you saw during what sounds like a stunning couple of days at Fright Fest, do you feel as though watching them at home in a decent home setup would invalidate them in any way, would make them less, uh, would reduce their impact in any way? Was there anything that you saw on that screen, on that, that colossal 4K screen, that necessitated you having to be there or you haven't seen it properly, as it were? Uh, I think <clears throat> no. I think the experience of stuff like Dawn Behind Breaks Beyond the Eyes that was so stunningly beautiful. I think mm. watching that on the big screen did have an did did have an impact. Mm-hmm. I think it would be lessened watching it on at home, but not by much. I don't think. Sure. I, I think um, sound wise, uh, the sound of violence. If you've got a decent surround sound setup at home, mm. that was all about audio. That was all. That was all about audio design. So, that's a really good shout right there because I feel like that's a thing that we don't talk about much when we think about the theater going experience. We th- think about, um, oh, big screen, big screen, big screen. Sometimes the sound design is yeah. really what you're it's, in the theater it's for. All, it's all about sound, that. Um, it, was a, it, was, it was a good film. Um, there were some bits in it that you just have to sort of suspend your disbelief. Um, but no, I, I did really enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, that the sound design. If you've got a decent sound setup, it'll be perfect because you don't mm. really need the visuals for it. Uh, 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 to, to me, uh, uh, as one point, uh, one one of the films would have been better of me watching it at home. Mm. Just, mm. As I'm quite short, 
uh, some of the subtitled films, the seat arrangement in the IMAX. <laughs> or, so I was missing the middle of sentences. I see. Oh, same. I had to perch my I had to perch my cinema seat up and sit on that little. Wow. Did you have to get one of the boosters yeah. from the box oh, office? Can I have a booster, it, please? I but I don't think that's the point you were trying to make. <laughs> no, that I mean, absolutely is though. Yeah, completely. Yeah. I mean, the it's 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 clear why I want to talk about this, right? I mean, it it feels to me as though more and more. As we exit the pandemic, more and more directors seem to be telling us that unless I'm going to the cinema to see their films, I'm doing it wrong. And that's yeah. not me kind of reading into what they're saying. People, uh, Patty Jenkins, for example, of she of the absolute fucking groundbreaking experience in cinema that was Wonder Woman 1984. Um, <laughs> the, to quote her this week, the truth is I make movies for the big screen. I'm okay with people watching it for a second or third time on their phone, but I'm not making it for that experience. Villeneuve All of the films the that streaming services are putting out, yeah, she actually says, I'm sorry, they look like fake movies to me. Okay, to Do be they? fair, that part's out of context, though. In the whole article, what she said there makes more sense than that part. But, what am I missing yes. then? What am I, how, am I, how am I mischaracterizing well, her quote there? I have to have the article open in front of me, but I read the entire quote and I was like, oh no, that actually makes sense. I get what she's fight, saying. Fight, fight, but fight, your fight. other part <laughs> is right. <laughs> Dennis Villeneuve said the same thing this week yeah. about June, hasn't he? Yeah. Yes, he has. Yeah. Um, frankly, to watch Dune on a TV is like driving a speedboat in a bathtub. Mm. The enemy of, ch- of cinema is the pandemic. <sighs> I Look, maybe I'm... Tell me if I've got the analogy wrong, right? But this feels to me as though a chef... Were a chef to say to you, unless you've eaten my food from bone china crockery with fucking genuine silverware, you're not eating my food right. Surely, as long as I can clearly see the picture and as, sure, uh, as, soon as, as long as I can clearly hear what's going on, the rest is just presentation. Is that oversimplifying things or not? No, the food is the same if yeah. I'm fucking sucking it out of my palm from the side of a fucking motorway. The food is the same. The rest is presentation. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right, yeah. I can't be, I can't be doing with stuff like that. Also, in the same way that I can't be doing with Scorsese saying that, you know... Um, Marvel films and comic book films aren't real cinema. Yes, they fucking yeah, are. Absolutely, but... they are. Just get yeah, gatekeeping think... the highest order, isn't it? That? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Now, this is, I'm not on the opposite end of this at all. I think you're you're right, and this is the pandemic has shown us that you know there's many reasons why the home experience is good for me. I love going to the cinema, and it absolutely is an entirely different thing. Um, yep. And I would say the vast majority of people don't have setups like what you have in your house, Mark. <laughs> Most of us it's have very not, normally not special. I've just got a nice telly. That is it. Right. And a lot of people don't have nice TVs, don't have good sound systems, any of that kind of like, We don't have a good sound system in here. Nothing sounds good. It's always a constant turning up and down <laughs> the volume every time I'm watching something because it's not right. Uh, and also I have ADHD. So mm. the movie theater is the only time that I will sit and watch a movie and not be distracted by anything else. And the, I think like for people who love, like uh, filmmakers grew up with an idea of, course. of film, right? And their dream, like what you were saying, Tara, with like them seeing their movie in IMAX and like yeah. being moved to tears. Yeah, that's a great Their point. idea of what a movie is and of having like the art that they've made show is like, you're going to see this and experience this and this beautiful thing that I grew up as the ideal of film. And there's, they may be stuck in a past mindset, but at the same time, I think like, 
you kind of get it if you think about what they have you know what they trained for you know mm-hmm. and then to sit sit there and think like and then all these people are going to sit there in their living room doing what I know I'm doing in my living room I'm on Twitter I'm mm-hmm. not watching this movie they're, they're, they're entirely within their rights to tell <laughs> us the optimal way to watch yeah. them they, they, they have no right to dictate to me how I watch them right beautiful the option that's, should that's, be that's the bottom line yeah. I think the, yeah. the, I mean, the nature of cinema and how we ingest media has changed radically over the past 20 years and will exactly. continue to change and they need to they need to get used to that yeah, and I think 100%. a cracking example of that is the complete 180 that Spielberg has done. Uh, <laughs> from you know a few uh, a few years back, I think it was 2018. He said, "Look, once you put it on a television format, you're watching a TV movie, and that's the way it is." And then what? This last week, he signed a massive fucking deal with Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and exactly. it, it, that feels like he's had an epiphany, which I'm all about. But it's when. to a lesser degree Christopher Nolan's been guilty of this as well when they tell me that unless I watch it their way I'm doing it wrong then frankly mate you've just guaranteed me pirating Dune and watching it on my telly that's what you've just (laughs) and Christopher Nolan's a good example as well because until he sorts out the sound design in his films I have to watch them a second or third time to be able to hear the dialogue anyway so I want me going to the cinema to watch it yeah Mm. this is very true which is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Uh, but it'll be a cold day in hell before I watch that fucking film again. But well, that's another rant. That's another <laughs> I mean, and that's before. What was what's the cinema window of a film now? But three weeks. The, yeah. This quote from fucking our boy Dennis: "Watching Dune on a TV is like driving a speedboat in a bathtub. You're gonna put that on the front of the Blu-ray, are you? Mate? <laughs> that's that's how you're gonna sell the disc." <laughs> right. It's a. It's. Uh, an ego driven not even ego driven but it's like a myopic view of of like Mm. what a movie is because that is how movies work the vast majority of people will eventually see them on their television because the theater's only so are you only making a movie that's good for three weeks yeah then that's a problem in and of itself (laughs) about the, the, the brilliant terror the documentary about the grassroots um, which so, I'm really looking forward to, by the way. Thank you. Because, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Because really lot of fun. the mm. main guy, Mike, Lomb- Mike Lombardo, Mike Lombardo, he's um, he's made his films. They're all on YouTube. He mm. just, wow. he just wonderful. Did it, he just did it for making the films. Right. Yeah, mm. Short films. There's one called The Stall. To be fair, his first feature is available for sale. He wants to. Make, he, he's, he needs some money now. Which yeah, is yeah. Yeah. Mm. Eventually, you need to get paid if you want to keep doing all it. The, all the other ones are on YouTube. Um, yeah. The Stall, which is what they follow him making, it's about um, a Lovecraftian experience in a toilet stall, which sounds wonderful. very. Wow. Like, you saw. You saw the, <laughs> We saw the tribulations of that shoot, like they had to go and reshoot and it was cold and, you know, it just looked fucking miserable. miserable yeah. I wouldn't do it. I'd yeah. end up punching someone. Yeah, oh, having oh, oh. gotten a bronchitis that I still suffer from to this day from a film set. Uh, yeah, not a huge fan of that idea. Yeah. Sometimes it's not worth it to be oh, out God, there in the cold. God love him though. He booked plane tickets to come to Fright Fest and his passport didn't arrive in time. Oh. They couldn't come. And he posted oh. his passport in the week of it. It it's, arrived about a day after Fright Fest. Of yeah. course it did. That's always yeah, how it works. I was so gutted. I was so upset for him. What, what the interesting thing about that documentary was is they'd gone into it just to, to talk about general grassroots filmmaking and travel around America, uh-huh. around various states, meeting various makers until they found him. And then the documentary was solely focused. There's other guys in it as well, but most solely focused on him because he was such an interesting character. 
that he holds wow. the film together. He's a man. Yeah, he's brilliant. just an absolute powerhouse. This guy. He's just, and he's just a funny special effects guy, guy. Director does a bit of everything. David, have you ever fancied turning your hand to a screenplay, David? Uh, no, I haven't. No, no. Doesn't no. appeal to you at all. No, it's 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 like a lot of these things. Until someone asks me to do it, I mean, I didn't want to do comics, and then people asked me to do it. So a, a comic script can't be that different from a screenplay, surely. <laughs> it's got to be pretty much the same thing. Yeah, the like same you know, thing. I was listening <laughs> to on uh, <laughs> on the Lay Down podcast. Greedy Hendrix was was on there, and he was talking about adapting his books uh, for film and TV. And just you know, I think as an author, that's got to be such a difficult thing to do because he, he he was like basically making fun of himself. He's like, yeah, this author is an asshole. He created mm. imagery <laughs> that is impossible to bring up on a screen. And when you're writing something, you just have so much. I mean, when it's the person's brain filling in that, as opposed to trying to write it so that it works on screen. Yeah. Well, as long as he's not telling game. me that, well, unless you read my book on a cliff top at sundown, <laughs> you just, you're not reading it properly. You may as well fucking read it <laughs> with, with the, a blindfold with the, center, on. with the scent of popcorn with your toes. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, I did have one book that uh, got bought, got optioned by a film Ooh. company. It, did, it never nothing that happened from it. The Canadian Film Board didn't give him the didn't give him the cash for it. But I had Fred, I had his wife is a beta reader of mine, an author in her own right, and she wrote a screenplay based on my property, which was oh, quite wow. interesting thing to That must have felt cool. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Tara wasn't that mad keen on it because Coventry, <laughs> my home city of Coventry, was a big character in the screenplay, and but they said we can't sell this to the connect. The Canadians are not going to give us a grant. Which no, is Canada is big on it has to be Canada. Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. But yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't I wasn't sold on it because yeah, it was missing a key component. Well, re reading the story, and if you are from here, like you've sent it to a few people who are from here to read, and he will David will have written something like the Shambles Arcade. It doesn't exist anymore. The Shambles Arcade, and it's there. It's there. Can yeah, you know sure. Where it was. I was there and, a few weeks back, in fact. Were you? Mm, yeah, I went, uh, popped a commentary for the day for work. Okay. Let's let, us, let us know next time. Yeah, yeah. give us a shout. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's just, the Canadian thing didn't, I saw, I know why they had to do it, but to me, Cor uh, Coventry is as big a character in the book as Will or Andy or um, Earl, so. But it was interesting seeing someone else's, what, how someone else interpreted my work. That's, yeah. yeah. That was, that was quite a fascinating experience. Yeah, I'll bet. Absolutely. Yeah, it must have felt really good. Um, listen, I, I just all that I think remains is, is just once again to give you my massive, massive gratitude for coming on. It's been yeah. an absolute It's been lovely. Thank you. It really has. Yeah, it really, really has. Um, if you want more of Tara and David, and why wouldn't you? Then uh, get in on the, the, the Smirsh family of podcasts, listen to The Killing. Pick up David's book. Tell us the title of it again, David, if you would. It is Contents May Unsettle. I'll hold it up, David. <laughs> yes. Uh, and massive thanks for all the recommendations. You've, you've given yes. us uh, stuff to look out for for months to come. I'm very excited about the things that you've given us to look forward to. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a brilliant, real eye Yeah, it really yeah. was. I mean, we were saying, um, a lot of people were saying it wasn't a very good Fright Fest this year. What? But we've had nothing to compare it to. So Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's because, you know, they didn't have the guests because they couldn't come over because sure. of COVID. Um, and let's face it, Neil Blomkamp's film was shit. Oh, God, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Uh, that's rough. Such a disappointment, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> From District 9, then yeah. happy. Yeah. At least diminishing returns. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. but no, demonic was dreadful. In fact, the, the the two things by big directors, so that Neil Blomkamp's that and uh, Alex Proyas, who did Dark City. Yes. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Crow, there. for fuck's sake. Yeah, he, he had a 20-minute short, and that was the worst thing of the festival. 20-minute <sighs> short. Oh, no. Yikes. And all the directors we'd never heard of, except for Dominic. Except for Dominic and Jamie, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome well, thank the future you so belongs much, to the guys. independence clinic yeah. yes thank you so once this again this has folks. been wonderful to talk to you and hear that wonderful soothing voice in uh, in real time Tara. Real life. <laughs> I'm nagging at him like a fishwife in a bit it'll be fine <laughs> you're gonna by the way you'll like retweet this later and anyone who listens to the killing is gonna be like she didn't swear one time <laughs> no, you did, I did I did like to swear did you? <laughs> my radio show, my radio show is where I don't swear at all because I yes, can't. Yes, which I also listen to sometimes when I get I a chance to. I used to do hospital radio. Uh, there was an incident with a tweet, me calling Bono a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! And then, uh, and then, if worth it, I had to leave my job. It needed saying. <laughs> it needed saying. If you're gonna lose your job for any reason, that's I don't know. It's a good enough yeah. reason, I think. I feel really yeah. good about that. In the of no, no, it's just it's community. It's community based. Uh, it's based in Gloucestershire, and I was a guest on somebody else's show who I know, and he said, "Why don't you just see whether you can get involved?" So I did, mm. and I'm just pretty much like, "They'll just take anyone," and, and they did. <laughs> they took me. So yeah, I, that's why I've been doing that this year. We're supposed to be at a music festival, but I've injured my foot, so I couldn't go. So I just did like a, a two-hour radio show earlier on tonight. Phenomenal. Yeah. So that's yeah. when I when I hit it at the right time. Sometimes when I'm like editing and things like that, I'll put it on in the background, and it's it's a very nice little show. So like your themes and stuff that you go with, it's a, it's very enjoyable. So again, another thing we'll link to and make sure that you can check out all the places to find Tara and David. But thank you guys. Thank you very so much. much. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks a million. Uh, it's always such fun talking horror with other horror fans. It's always such oh, a fucking laugh nerding out Especially, about movies. Especially, yeah, as, as good-natured ones as the yes. courts. Yes, yes, yes. I get a real sense uh, from the two of them that they are long-timers, you know what I mean? That, that, that yeah. They're kind of lifers like us. Um, and so. it was really fun to get like such an extremely British perspective from the three of you. Mm. For me, as the outsider of that conversation, it was just really, really cool to get to experience that. Yeah, good people. Um, massive, massive thanks to uh, Tara and David for giving us their time and for sharing their experiences of Fright Fest. I, I'm going to have my finger poised over the ticket button uh, as soon as they're available for next year. I can't wait. Mm. For sure. Get me one too. I'm in. Cool. All right. <laughs> so until next time, everybody... You know what you have to do. You need to stay spooky. I'm trying to stay dry if you can. Oh, if you can. <laughs> Highly recommend it. <laughs>